Welcome back to our all new Super Metal Brothers interview. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. Today we are talking to Shattered Brain, one of Adelaide's heavy metal band comprised of many members from very much established bands, but also a lot of hard work going into these songs as well with many different styles. Here to talk about their latest single, Ripped Stitch, the massive show coming up, House at Sap, and more. Please welcome Ryan David. G'day. And Patrick Callahan. There you go. And here we are, boys. Let's talk about it. Shattered Brain. Now, for people who don't know, and we do have some fans in the States and in that a fan in the state and in the uh, Dutchland. <laughs> Who are you guys? What are you guys about? Well, we're a Adelaide based metal band, I guess that's probably the best way to describe us. Um, like you said, got members from, um, sort of established or, um, I guess long-term bands <laughs> in the, uh, Adelaide scene. Mm. Um, and yeah, we just fucking want to play metal and, and tour. That's basically it. Now, Pat, their bands we're talking about we got Voris, Mammoth, Infiltrator, and Akira and the Sorts. This is pretty much a hive mind of bands that have come together here or members of other bands. Was it your intention for this to be like a side project or was this like we're gonna actually launch it off now and start something fresh? Well, it's a bit of a, a funny story with that because I, I went to have a first time I went to have a jam with these guys. I uh, I was under the impression it was just gonna be a bit of a casual side project, go and make a bit of noise every couple of every couple of weeks and then sort of we went had the first jam and it went really well and and then uh matt and ryan were like look we're really keen to tour and take this really seriously is this something you'd be interested in doing and that was like yes please yeah <laughs> ryan when did you know it was time for you guys to start touring did you feel that the fans were responding pretty well or you were like nah i feel pretty positive about these songs well yeah i guess so the, the whole inception of the band was to just be a consistent touring mm. machine um, Desisto and I have been good friends for uh, Matt, the guitarist, um, who we kind of started the band. Um, we've been good friends for a long time, playing in, in, in touring bands, Alkira and Voros, and, and um, we wanted to sort of take it another, you know, a step further. Mm. Um, we'd been playing in a different band called The Kraken, um, which was just a bit of bit of fun, really. Yeah. Um, and we kind of thought about maybe taking that a step further, but we lost a couple of members from that, and so... We decided, well, let's just start a whole brand new thing. Use some use some riffs that were left over from the Kraken, and and we'd had chats with Pat in the past, and he'd sort of um, expressed the same desire to just you know take it as far as we could. So we started this whole new thing. And uh, I think with the, with the touring thing too. I mean, we'd played interstate and New Zealand before we'd even played in Adelaide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the whole purpose was just to we just said let's get this band together, let's write some sick tunes, let, let's. Um, Sort of keep it on the down low so that we can come out with a bang, get, a, get an Australian, New Zealand tour booked, which we were able to do through contacts that we'd made in our other bands, um, and and just you know go for it from the start. And so yeah, our first Adelaide show was Heavy SA two weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago now. And that's right, yep. Um, and yeah, that was just the best way to fucking play a hometown show. That's right. Now you boys are the rare breed, the bass and the drummer in Adelaide, <laughs> particularly. It's rarer than finding gold dust in uh, you know. <laughs> Anywhere, really. <laughs> what is it uh, that you guys help bring to the band as well? I mean, there's so much styles going on, guys. You got, obviously, I hear a bit of like the stoner rock to that real classic heavy metal to thrash elements to hardcore. So, what is it that you two bring to the band? Oh, attendance. Yeah, the bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Yeah, um, willing to play bass. Honestly, from from the point of view of, of this current batch of songs, most of them were written before I joined the band. So I, I hope I bring tasteful bass arrangements. Yes. Um, but yeah, look, hopefully moving forward, I'll have uh, have a bit more of an influence in, in writing because I do have 
lot of riff ideas. But I think, yeah, when I listen to our, our songs, there's, you know, individual bits potentially aren't the most original riffs, but you put them all together and I think we have come on upon a, a recipe that has a, a bit of a unique blend. Um, yeah, I mean, we are, you know, Matt and I sort of wrote the, the songs that are on the demo um, before we... Uh, when we and we pre pre proed those, um, and then sort of showed them to Pat and the other guys that we got into the band. Um, so me and him sort of worked on the arrangements and stuff like that. And I guess that's that's the sort of main thing I try and do is just play drums that best serve the riff, um, and then you know maximize the arrangement of the song, make it a nice concise, tight little package that that hits as hard as possibly can. Yeah. That's the main thing I kind of focus on. I don't try and overdo it on the drums or anything. Just try and best serve the riff, best serve the song, and yeah. and um, go from there. And I think as a collective what we all bring to the band, which was the most important thing, was just the willingness to to, to go and, and tour and, and, and put our money where our mouth is and, and uh, just keep doing it. So Yeah, that's fair enough. It's worked well so far. Going into the touring, you actually mentioned just before, uh, particularly New Zealand. Now, that's a really interesting uh, demographic there. I've seen here Auckland, Hamilton, Napier and Wellington. That's kind of the northern part of uh, New Zealand. How did that come about, that gig? Well, <coughs> um, we'd ma- uh, our Kira toured my other band, our Kira toured New Zealand uh, a couple of years ago now, and so I'd made some contacts over there, um, and you know we just we wanted to try and try and get over there, bef- you know, and 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 organise a tour there before we even announced the band. So I just hit up a couple of um, contacts I'd made over there and said, look, I've got this new band, we're keen to come over, can you help us out? Pardon me, mm. and. Uh, Luckily, um, there was another tour happening at the same time with a band from Queensland called Eternal Rest. Yep. Um, Eternal Torment, I think, wasn't it? Eternal Torment, yeah. yeah correct. Yeah. Eternal Rest is a different band. Eternal something. Um, and, yeah, so we were able to jump onto that. And the tour was basically just the North Island because um, getting to the South Island is quite expensive. Right. You either got to fly or catch a ferry. Um, and the ferry is extremely expensive. Um, so we just kept it to the North Island. Um, and yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah, I thought it was the whole Christchurch, you're afraid of maybe earthquakes or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. there's hardly a population in Christchurch anymore, as well. I don't think everyone's Fair fleeing, enough. I think I'd actually be quite interested to go to Christchurch, but yeah. yeah. Well, Akira went to Christchurch on the last tour, and it's a pretty amazing place. It's amazing to see the devastation that earthquake caused, and it still fucked the city up to oh, this wow. day. So, um, yeah, people have. have are fleeing there. No one's moving there, apparently. So Now, Super Mario brother Dan's been to New Zealand and he can attest that some of the nicest people there, even when he got pulled over by the police, they were incredibly polite, which is really unusual. And they're like, it's a big Maori dude and he comes out, it's like, oh, yeah, sorry to bother you, but, you know, you were speeding a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, you see that on that police, you know, that New Zealand police show that they yeah. have. And, you know, like, all that goes, oh, just piss off, don't do it again. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So... Um, the fans, how does that transition when you play in front of them live? Are they like a Japanese crowd where they're very much very polite and like, oh, thank you for playing for us today, but they don't move much? Or is it very much, nah, they're suppressed, they go out, they, they wreck shit up and go home? How did you find the fans in Northern oh, New Zealand? The fans are pretty similar to Australian fans, to be honest. Uh, but I, I found the, the people really friendly. Mm. Um, and it was, uh, you know, because most of the, time we were staying with people that we'd never met before mm. and they were all really hospitable really friendly it was a great experience mm. yeah we toured with a bunch of kids from auckland in this band called silent torture which are a sick sort of brutal tech death band um and we just hit it off with them straight away like um they were they were yeah the, the nicest dudes yeah. they 
super mm. hospitable. As soon as we got to the first venue in Auckland, they came out, said hello, helped us out with everything. Um, and yeah, I think they eventually organised accommodation for us on the second to last night or something. But yeah, they were just super, super friendly and the, f- and the fans were of a similar, similar mould as well. So we, we're really looking forward to getting back to New Zealand and I think it's probably going to be on the cards for early next year. Ooh, there you go, New Zealand fans. Check that out. Now coming back, obviously, to Adelaide. We'll talk about Heavy Save first. You guys did talk about them before as well. Um, how did you manage to get on the bill? Was it just pretty much Northy tapping you on the shoulder going, uh, you know, we've got a spot available for you guys? Yeah, well, um, <clears throat> I sort of, Northy had, uh, had an inkling about what was going on. He's good friends with myself and, and pretty much all the guys in the band, really. Mm. Um, so he kind of knew that there was something in the works and he just said that, uh, you know, he's putting the lineup together for Heavy SA. It's going to be this date. Would that work for us? And we said, definitely, that'll probably be our, our first Adelaide show. And he said, Perfect. So yeah. that was it. Done and dusted. Pat, was that one of the bigger crowds that you played in front of before, or uh, you guys played some similar to New Zealand? What was it like? Oh, that would be the biggest crowd we've played in front of by far. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was packed. I mean, it, even I think even on the, in the, to stay in the context of the heaviest say day, I felt we had a really good turnout of people in the room, and yep. it was really pleasant surprise to see how engaged people were with it because yeah. having not played in Adelaide before we were not sure exactly what it was going to be but it was it was perfect to be honest awesome yeah and that was the thing about it isn't it it feels like Heavy SA now has a reputation that almost challenges New Dead Fest which is like Adelaide now can compete with its own home term with international acts so how important do you think uh, festivals like this for the industry then <clears throat> I mean they're extremely important I think the first Heavy SA sold out before the first New Dead sold out. I think from memory that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just insane. It's just testament um, testament to Adelaide bands, uh, Adelaide heavy metal fans. Right. I guess the question I want to ask is where are these people for the the other shows? But uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and testament to Jason too, doing a really good job oh, yeah. of organising and promoting it. Yeah. yeah. In, in every sense, the way, the way he's organised, um, you know, ticket sales, doing it through the bands, um, and yeah, his promotion is second to none. You That's know, right. No one in Adelaide uh, is is uncertain about when Heavy SA or the New Dead is. So, That's right. And yeah. we also now are having things like there was a thing last Friday or the Friday before where it was just a metal gathering. It wasn't any gigs played or anything, but there was like, you know, if you're a metalhead, you know, come out to Ed Castle or wherever it was and just hang out and listen, have beers and drink. And so is there maybe a change happening in the metal scene in Adelaide? Maybe just people getting more excited now? I hope so, because yeah. I, I, I went to that gathering. It was really good fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I sort of remember things like that sort of 10 years ago being a bit more than they sort of have been in recent times. So hopefully it uh, hopefully it continues like that. But as Ryan alluded before, we just need people to come to the things because yeah. you sort of need that critical mass to get that vibe and yeah. people get excited about it. And, you know, when people do go to the effort to organise things, I guess it's nice to uh, for them to get people to turn out and stuff. So I was really happy that it was a success. Yeah. Blacken Festival now, um, known now in Australia now as one of the things that uh, can really launch people up in the stratosphere. I mean, Psychroptic and King Parrot have, have played those shows and look where they are right now. How did you guys manage to get on that? I mean, it's a big show, once a year thing. What was it like? Well, I think collectively between myself and Pat and Matt DeSisto, we've played just about every Blacken Festival since its inception. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's been six. I've, I've been to four of six, yep. and Pat's been to one of the ones that I didn't go to. Um, and so, yeah, I've known the promoter, Pirate, for since the very first one. He, I was driving home from uni, and I got a random unknown number call me, 
and, and I was like, hello. He's like, hey, my name's Pirate. I'm like, that's a weird name. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm from Alice Springs. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, and uh, he's like, uh, so I'm doing this festival and um, I want to, you know, I'm looking for bands to come up and play. Um, would our Kira be interested? And I was like, oh, yeah, nice. When is it? He's like, oh, it's Easter Long Weekend. I was like, that's like two weeks away. Like, but yeah. Pirate, Pirate has a unique method of yeah. organising things. <laughs> did it Did it work? But it, wor- it works, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, that, that was awesome. Um, he's like, yeah, it's getting live streamed around the world. Um, the catch is I need you to drive um, a couple of guys from other bands up. I was like, oh, I can see what's happening. But we were, you know, we were, we were, we were keen to do it. Yep. We went up there. Akira did really well. Pirate was, you know, was re- over the moon. Yeah. Um, we hung out with him. And so yep. um, I had a chat to him about... Um, getting Shadowbrain on the bill and yep. and and he was like, yeah, no worries, you're on. So that was how it happened. And it's just, yeah, anyone who hasn't been there needs to go there. It's like the best. It's the best. I mean, I love New Dad. I love HVSA, but yeah, you know, nothing competes with watching metal from a pool. Yeah, um, with cocktails being served to you. There's a pool. Ah, oh, there's oh, yeah. a pool. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. And the, the the stage looks like a bloody pirate ship. You've got red earth in front of it. It's just You've it's got the very ah behind, behind the stage. Uh, as I I've sort of said to people before, there are other heavy metal festivals in Australia, but this is the Australian heavy metal festival. Yeah, because I would have thought it would have been like Soundwave, but just dusty. I mean, there's a lot of dirt there. Well, I think that's the plan for the next one. They're moving the next one out to sort of outside of of. This of uh, the town of Alice Springs, so it's right. gonna, and it's going to be a self-contained. At the moment, it's in in the it's at a actually at a caravan park, right? But next year, it's going to be its own self-contained thing, kind of like your your download or your European soul festivals, yep. where everyone will be camping, um, and it will yeah be like that. Wicked. So that's going to be really it, awesome. It's it, there's a certain, I don't know there's a vibe about Blacken that is it's special, and everyone that goes there feels it, and you know yeah. they're fans for life. I can't wait to see. So you reckon they're going to do it over more, maybe like a weekend or something? Like you said, camping and stuff like that. I think the plan, Pirate can correct me if I'm wrong, is to do a, they're still going to keep it on the Easter long weekend and yep. they're going to do a Friday night thing at Uluru, mm-hmm. which is what they, they did it um, for the people who caught the bus up this year. They yep. stopped over Uluru and did tours and everything, but they're going to do actually plan to do a gig there, I think. And then they're going to do the two day thing again at this you know remote location. So, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be pretty special. I think I can't wait to. Well, assuming that one of my bands is playing this next year, Pirate, um, I can't wait to um, you know, get on the stage <laughs> like that and then just be hanging out in the desert and seeing the stars above you. It's it's uh, it's gonna be fucking awesome. That sounds very romantic, there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> very seductive. You got the boys there with you as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it's about, mate. Romantic uh, <laughs> occasions with the boys. All right, well, let's move on to the uh, demo now. The Shatterbrain demo, as you like to call it. I saw it on um, a few things, the Bandcamp especially. It's very nice and very pretty there. Four tracks, Dog's Water, Rip Stitch, Invisible War, and Discard. Uh, what went into the demo? Was it pretty much like the idea of let's just start it off, get a few things out there and get a feel, or was it like, um, more strategic than that? Well, we wanted to have music from day one. A big part of this band was to launch it with everything in place. So we did a lot of work behind the scenes. So on launch day, we had a series of national and international shows, a video clip and the demo all ready to go at once. Yeah. Um, so obviously the demo was a big part of that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we definitely wanted to have that ready to go. So it was, they were the songs we had. Let's get them all down on the demo. 
and um, take it from there. Yeah, we did a bit of sort of... DeSisto and I had already kind of done some pre-production of the songs and they pretty much, for the most part, I think stayed the same yeah. um, from those early versions. And then just as soon as we got, you know, the band, so I think even before we had a singer, we were like, okay, we're going in the studio to do drums on this date. Um, and we, we took... We wanted to... With the whole band, we wanted to take a very organic approach. Mm. Um, I think we're... None of us really enjoy that super quantized, consistent studio style metal. Um, we're yep. all more of that sort of old school vein. So we did it live in the st- live in the studio. Um, myself and DeSisto, just playing to feel, no click tracks or anything like that. Um, and so we jammed a hell of a lot leading up to that to yeah. make sure we were tight enough to do it. Um, we went into Against the Grain. Uh, actually, Jack, the guitarist, uh, the other guitarist in Shadowbrain, engineered. Um, uh, and mixed the, the demo, so um, we went into into Andy's Andy's uh, studio, new studio space, and um, laid down the drums, and mm-hmm. then just took it from there. Guitars and everything over the top. What's it like? So you got the guy in the band. You know, once the boss hat comes on, was it interesting working with Jack? Because obviously he's your guitarist and that as an engineer, or is he pretty much like because you've got such good chemistry with him? It's like nah, it's like get it down. And well, I mean, the first the first recording was. We, I mean, I've known Jack for years. Mm. I hadn't seen him for a while um, before before Pat got him involved with the with the band. But you know, it was still you know we didn't really know each other. And we had never worked each yeah. other, and also going into Andy's, not like uh, I don't think any of us had recorded in Andy's new studio before. Um, so there was a few little things that we wanted that, that you know didn't work out exactly the way we wanted them them to. Um, yeah. But um, um, overall, it went pretty look, well. Look, I, I think for for us, it, it, we're, I love working with Jack. I mean, probably. The having to wear the two hats is a bit stressful for him, yeah. but he he uh, he mans up and just deals with it. Oh, yeah. good. Because yeah. it sounds like you've got that authentic sound, which like you were saying, there's a model for modern metal, and you're right. You hear it, and straight away, if unless all elements are together, it sounds a little stale because yeah. it's like too polished. You're not going to be able to play that live and a whole other myriad of things with production values. So that's an interesting point that you mentioned that. Um, and working with Andy Kai, obviously against the grain, I think everyone we've interviewed has had something to do with Andy. Was it generally a pretty pleasant experience? No one's ever said a bad word about him, especially working, me. Working with Andy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's the best. I mean, he's the, the benchmark for, for Adelaide Metal production, I think. Yeah. And everyone, like you said, everyone's gone there or dealt with him in some capacity. I mean, we only hired the studio. We didn't use him, but he yeah. was a very, very uh, gracious host. And, yeah. Uh, sh- because now that's at his house, he was, you know, seemed to be very accommodating of people traipsing through his house. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He's hospitable and he would talk whatever shit you want to talk about. Yeah, man. And oh, and he's a great guy. Yeah, because you know, being in a room like that with, you know, it's small, it's smelly and that, but mm, whatever you want to mm, say, mm. you know, it's like it gets off your chest and he knows that will get you to be a better player for it. So just go ahead and say it and he'll even riff with you, you know? Yeah, for sure. And he's got, he's got that unique ability to... Uh, <laughs> criticize you in the nicest way yeah. possible yeah um, and get the best performances out of you and actually jack is really really good at that as well yeah um, during that during the we actually went into the studio a couple of weeks ago and i laid down drums for our next release um and you know there was a few little things that that um you know i was thinking sounded pretty good and jack was saying i reckon you can do it better and jack's very good at picking where he can hear you can do better and yeah. then if he but he gets a good feel of no nah, we can sit here all day. You won't do it better than that. So I won't keep pushing you. And he just really, yeah, he, he gets the best performance that you are capable out of you. 
And that's, and so that's, so that's if any bands out there are listening to this, uh, Hartley Audio can record your band too? Facebook, that's Instagram. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but with Jack, I mean, especially with the type of recording we're doing, which is that organic feel, you know, you don't want to, it is what it is kind of thing. You don't want to keep going until it's absolutely perfect because, you know, you're never going to play it perfect live. So yes. it's that balance about it being a good representation of the band yeah. and the professionalism and quality of the musicians yeah. in the band, but also capturing the, it's, the live It's feel. sometimes that, that, that push and pull adds to the vibe of the music a bit too. I mean, like, if you listen to Van Halen 1, it speeds up, it slows down, yeah. it, but it's it's perfect. And yeah. I was listening to actually listening to Metallica on the way here, and you can hear, like, Ride the Lightning, and I heard for the first time that you can hear that Lars is playing to a click track on For Whom the Bell Tolls because he's kind of chasing the click a little bit, and I yeah. never noticed that before. Yeah. Since we've been really focusing on the more organic... I guess feel of a recording that push and pull like Pat talks about you yep. start to p- pick those things up yep. and uh, I think it really adds to, to just the mood and, and feel it even if it's just subconscious it it's just that. like li- yeah. little things if the, the chorus is a bit faster like you know a few BPM faster than the verse and then as you transition you just get this little acceleration yeah. into it at the end of the verse and you know that to a click sounds wrong but to the organic ear just sounds perfect that's right exactly and that's the thing, when you play it live, it's naturally that speak of the energy of the room. You might just speed it up that little bit more from the thing, but no one's going to care because, like you said, the energy between the musicians is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And that transitions over to the fans, right? Yeah, it's about locking in with the other musicians in the band. You know, Again, the Metallica thing, Lars always said, I might not be the best drummer in the world, but I'm the best drummer next to, to James Hetfield. And that's you know 100% correct. It's as profound as you need to be. As yeah. best as you need to be for the songs, right? Yeah. Not so. saying that Lars is a good drummer. No, well, that's another question. <laughs> <laughs> or that like, James. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure anyone said Lars is a good drummer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, look. At the end of the day, chasing that dream of being Metallica is oh, yeah. is up there. What about look, if the job beca- if the if there was an opening available, I, I think I could find yeah. myself available. <laughs> for sure, for sure. You mentioned briefly about another release or something going mm. on. Is this the album, guys, or is this going to be uh, EP? What is can we hear anything about it yet or what's going on? We won't divulge too much because we've got a bit of a promotional plan in place, but it's not an album. It's uh, two originals and a cover. Yep. Um, and it may or may not be a split release with a Melbourne-based band. That's, <sighs> that's I guess we were keen to keep getting music out there Yeah. and an album would have taken too long and we wanted to keep our momentum up. Yeah. There will be an album at some stage, but at, at this stage we just want to keep getting new music out there, lifting the bar of the quality of the recordings that we're doing and just yep. touring the hell out of it. Yeah, and that's funny you guys mentioned it because Rob Flynn from Machine Head said that the album in itself he sees dying and replacing it is with singles and just keeping in the image, even if he released two or three songs, whatever, just doing it in that. Is that what you guys had thought about, whether or not we mentioned to you before, or is it just something that you want to keep doing now? I'm not mention? sure I would use Rob Flynn as a gauge <laughs> of what is the best thing to do with your band. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that album sucked. Look, we, <laughs> we, we did think about doing some slam poetry, but it was <laughs> it, it, it was it was vetoed. Uh, oh, look, look, I think he he is true. If that is a way of keeping up there. I'm a bit of a old school sucker though. I want to do albums. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm exactly the same. I I I never put shuffle on. I listen to it and I don't never skip songs or anything. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. if I put an al- if I put music on, yeah. I'm putting an album on or yeah. an EP or whatever it is, and I'm listening to it from start to finish uh, because in my opinion that's how it's meant to be. And I, whenever I'm like composing my own music or yeah. or I'm composing you know a release. 
track order is extremely Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It is it is important. And I, I love almost with that, when I go back and there's CDs I bought and the old CDs, you go, well, this would have originally been released on a two-sided vinyl and you can see song four was meant to be the closer of yeah, side one. And it, I love, but, but with the album thing too, is I remember as a kid going home with an album, a new album, putting it on and having that journey start to finish and there's a feeling that you get doing mm. that that listening to songs on shuffle will never give you. Yeah. When I was growing up as a kid, I was the same because my dad had like the vinyls of Deep Purple and that. And as soon as you get the image and the work of, of the album, mm-hmm. automatically the journey starts for you and how the how you're hearing mm-hmm. the album already starts. And I mean, back then, they didn't have Photoshop and that. They had to draw that shit, man. And some of these drawings <laughs> like, fucking hell, yeah. man. Like, um, absolutely. And you read the lyrics and, you, and it's yeah. a whole event. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a whole event. Yeah, yeah. And look, it might be, maybe that's not the way music's consumed now, but that's the way I want to do it. Mm. Yeah, and that's the way that's the way we're going to do it. Yeah, and I'm in my 30s and I feel like a fucking relic because yeah. I'm like, I want the album experience, you know? And people are like, nice, no, go to iTunes and like stream your fucking tracks and your favorite list. I'm like, I can't get behind that either. But, you know, if other bands don't want to do it, good. Ours will just stand out for having this experience you can do. <laughs> yeah, and I feel the same, yeah, because uh, I love it. I love the metal artwork, the mm-hmm. logos, um, the lyrics, the whole thing, you know, uh, especially the riffs, which you guys are all about. I, <laughs> I saw your interest on the Facebook. I'm like, that was cute. I like that. <laughs> um, so your logo, Steve Lehman, was it? Steve Lehman didn't do the logo. That was uh, Matt Heed from Matt Take Heed Productions. Yep. But, uh, yeah, Steve did the, um, the I guess, the rest of the, the design, the artwork. So he did the Shattering Brain. Yes, right. Um, Steve is, of course, um, notorious for doing the Heavy SA um, artwork. Yeah. Um, and he's amazing. So if Oh, is it, did he do that? Yeah. yeah that is one of the best pieces of art I've ever seen. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah. Because we had Steve Lehman on the show about six months ago, but we took two years for him to get on because he just like, no one's going to find me interesting in that but or, or like whatever he has to say. But he's literally had a say in um, the New Dead Fest, the um, heavier say stuff, and all bunch of promotion in the metal heavy world, even comics and stuff like that. Well, no, oh, he's a world-class artist yeah, in Adelaide. He's ridiculous, he's just He's just started an Instagram page and, and he's putting uploading stuff every day. And I'm like, holy fuck, I did not realize he did that. Yeah. And it's just like... You know, it's like a snapshot of the Adelaide, you know, metal scene, and yeah, I couldn't believe it took me so long to to get onto him. But um, I think Northy actually introduced me to him. Yeah, um, but yeah, top dude, great taste in music. He likes everything, everything. Um, yeah, and yeah, great art. Very humble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, he's a great person to have a beer with and have a chat with. So yeah, and uh, he's at every freaking show, man. Like you yeah. know, he's just a massive fan. He's got like seventeen kids and whatever. <laughs> you know? And he's happy just to come to every show and just like headbang in his, you know, and he just loves it, which is good. Because like you said, his artworks are passionate and expresses from it too. Yeah. So I'm glad you got onto him. That's wicked. And he's, uh, you know, we've had so many comments about, because we've used that design for the EP, but also for the shirt, desi- shirt design. Yep. Um, and we've had so many, you know, comp- compliments about that design. So, Sick. you know, yeah, we, we yeah. plan. He makes selling the shirts a lot easier. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Let's move on to some, uh, I guess you can call it some funny stuff. Just going to know you guys behind the scene a little bit. And we play this game every time a new person comes on the show. You have to choose between a band, and then we'll do it for both of you guys as well. So Pat and Ryan, you both sure. have your own thing with this. You have to choose a band for each a category. One to tour with, one to be a member of, and a band, obviously, you're going to have to break up. So it's two positives and a negative, right? This is always the funnest part. Now... On your um, Facebook, you've mentioned bands like High on Fire. Now, is it Kevil Attack? Kevil Attack, yeah. Kevil Attack, sorry, the case, I'm a dick. <laughs> and Black Breath. 
I want to know you guys, um, both of you, which one do you want to tour with? Which one you want to be in? Even if it's for a day or a tour or whatever. And which one of those three are going to break up? I'll start with you there, Pat. Well, I'm going to break up the one that starts with a K because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> you can't tell your mum about that, Ben. <laughs> well, I can't. Say, it's going to be hard if you're in a band and when people ask you about it, you can't say the name. So, <laughs> I'm sorry that K band, you don't have to go. <laughs> Which actually starts with a V, apparently. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. No, this is the problem, you see. No, fuck it off. Fuck it off. Gone. So, yeah, that one's gone. Um, then we, I reckon I'd, Tour with High on Fire and join Black Breath. Okay. What about yourself there, Ryan? Um, well, I reckon I would join Cavell Attack, the K Well, because you can say it. <laughs> well, they're currently... Nerd. They're currently... Playing with Metallica and shit. <laughs> yeah, they're currently touring Europe as main spot for Metallica, which would be pretty fucking cool. Um, so I'd join Cavell Attack on their current tour. Yep. Uh, I'd definitely tour with High on Fire... Um, just to talk to Matt Pike every single night. Wow, what's oh. Matt? What's this, why do you got this man crush on Matt Pike for? What's going on with him? Because he's, he's Matt Pike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you yeah, if you like riffs, Matt Pike is the riff, one of the riff lords. Well, the reason I, I, I wanted to, I don't know if I could handle joining that band. I, I think it would be too oh, intense for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'd, are they just party eyes? Are they or just? Well, he's 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 mellowed out now. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think he still smokes a lot of weed, so... Full on. I was yeah. talking to the guys uh, from, I think, uh, Corey from Truth at the time when he did the tour <laughs> with him. And they went to tour with Niall. And these guys were doing like bottles of like yeah. vodka before gigs, man. And like, yeah. after a glass, I'm like, anyone. And after two, I'm not making the gig, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, and you obviously break up. Who do you want to break up, sorry? So, well, then... But then now, now I'm... Conf- well, I'd break up... I think Black Breath are basically broken up anyway, so that's an easy decision. I'll just make the decision oh. for them, just break up, guys, because okay. they're not doing anything. But then, I don't know, maybe I want to break up... Maybe I want to tour with Black Breath so they don't break up, Ooh. and I'll break up High on Fire so then Matt Pike focuses Does on sleep. sleep. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't that's, know. That's a very psychological... But the other thing, too, if you break up a band, you can then create a like reunion show and tour yeah. and have a bit of vibe yeah, so I could promote the try. High, high on Fire reunion yeah. Yeah. yeah get them on black yeah get, get, get a couple of sleep tours in between an album and then we'll do a High on Fire reunion yeah. okay. you need to talk to Pyro about getting these bars broken up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it work for you boys um, next instigly asked question you get to control the universe for one day you get to select what the fans are going to predict as the biggest metal band in the world I think currently can we say Metallica is right now I mean, Iron Maiden are pretty good. They're doing pretty well for themselves. Uh, Disturbed are making serious money as well. But would we say Metallica agree in this room that they're the biggest, or do you have another band? No, I'd agree with that. I think Metallica is, as a commodity, they're... they're Head and shoulders above the rest, sorry. So so you're Lord Thanos, right? And you've got this this gauntlet, (laughs) right? And you've taken out Metallica. They're dead now. So uh, who's going to... Who are you going to now replace or, or select? Do you think in your heart or your head deserve to be on that mantle next? Um, they're gonna have like massive sales. They'll be on studio, uh, stadium tours, selling heaps of merch, doing all across the world. You know, who do you think in your heart and mind will be that band? A couple of years ago, I would have said Motorhead, <laughs> just because I think that I think Lemmy deserved to make it. that kind of money. Like, I mean, he was doing well, right? He was having sex oh. with lots of pretty ladies, <laughs> yeah. drinking all the Jack Daniels he could handle. I mean, I would have taken his lifestyle up until the last. Six months. Um, <laughs> Unfortunate end, yeah. I don't know. That's a hard one. Are we saying should be or will be? I want to hear both. If you've got both, I want to hear it because I would love to hear what you have to think about that. But um, if you can't, you know, I haven't thought about it enough, this one. 
I, th- I think going on that same vein, high on fire, that, you know, yep. Matt Pike's a road dog. He's all about... Um, Pat's Pat's plea, but pee bladder. Oh no, he's getting beers. Oh, hook me up, hook me up with one. No, oh, good. Yeah. Um, Matt Pike's a road dog, um, yeah. and he's just got such a good ear for music. I'd love to to see him, um, you know, reap the rewards, uh, fruits of his labour, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Um, will be. Unfortunately, I think Trivium are probably on that. Trajectory. Yeah. Now that was interesting. I fucking hate Trivium. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hate all Trivium, new Trivium, or because I got fans, I got friends of mine are like, oh, that old school Trivium, like because of metalcore shit, they'll jerk off to that for like at least three days. <laughs> but the new stuff with that, when you got disturbed and did the wah ah ahs and yeah. stuff, I'm like, that's just you know, that's the just... concept of Trivium in all its forms offends me. <laughs> Trivium came on like a, a tour with another two international bands at Theriden Theatre and yeah. spent the whole time at the fucking bar and I'm happy for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I have, I, you know, Trivium were a little bit of, not a gateway band, but one of really? the... Really? <laughs> I'm like 10 years younger than you, Pat, so... <laughs> um, yeah, that's like, that's still funny. <laughs> they, they weren't, I mean, the Crusade, I think, uh, as much shit as that album Cops, I think, you know, for a band trying to be Metallica, they did it pretty well. Yeah. I don't like the um, look of them either. And uh, and Shogun was a pretty adventurous album and and did pretty well. For, yeah. for, you know, for a band to come out and do a sort of progressive thrush yeah. slash hardcore album at that... At s- the fear of alienating their own fans, right? Because yeah. they were on board when they were like doing these fucking things yeah. fast and that, whatever. Yeah, and, and they, they did it bloody well. Yep. But then they've just, I mean, that In Waves song was like, and dagger in the heart when that came out, and then human activity of no discernible point. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you're pretty much jabbing your heart. There's no going back. The yeah. world's a cold, brutal place, right? Yeah. I understand. But, uh, but you know, this new shit seems to be getting them more and more fans, and mm. and um, you know, it's probably that Metallica Black album slash Load Reload thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they they tour a lot. They've you know they work pretty hard, so it it's weird that bands do that, hey, because they'll go through that change where you know the label comes on to and it's like write us a radio friendly song. But when now James Heffel's come out and said that Load and Reload weren't his favorite albums. In fact, I don't know if he even said to that he might regret doing them. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's not, not in the best interest of the that band. That upsets me because I think Load and Reload are great albums. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Um, I do. I like him. Maybe they're fine, but maybe oh, they, they should be. Fuck! It's that thing they did with Buddy Lou Reed. They should think doesn't fucking exist. Yeah, the only person that I know that liked the album was David Bowie, and apart from that, I mean, but he then liked he, the that Lou Reed thing, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Look he, what it did to him. He likely <laughs> fucking died. Likely Reed, you end up dying. <laughs> um, so you reckon High on Fire, or do you think Trivium? So I think in your heart. You want high on fire, but you th- in your head, Trivium, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I I can't think, maybe, you know, Avenged Sevenfold, but they're kind of already there. I think they've already reached their peak. Yeah, they feel like they've done their reached their peak too, yeah. I liked them when I first heard them, and I feel really bad for... Oh, really? really? Having that. <laughs> no, I don't like Avenged Sevenfold. Like, guilty pleasure? I, I, no, no, no. Well, when the first or second album came out, I listened to it, and I liked it. This is, you know, 12 years ago or something. I wasn't born. And then... I might have told people I liked it back then, and I've, I'm glad no one really remembers now. <laughs> so there's a it's an exclusive for your podcast. But yep. look, I won't rehash old territory. Apply comments previously said to Trivium to Avenge Sevenfold now. Yeah. So, uh, 
Patrick, I don't think we got... Who do you think in your head or heart do you think is going to be the next biggest thing in the world? Do you think in my heart it's Trivium? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, look, I, I don't... Look, I don't really know... I, I don't know who the next big one is because I'm a bit live of, as he keeps alluding to a dinosaur yeah. and I don't keep up with who's the new big bands now. Yeah. In my heart, who would I like it to be? Oh, look. A few years ago, I would have said Nevermore, but the singer, oh. then they broke up and then the singer died, so you got some logistical issues. Oh, I know. Yeah, some big problems. Yeah. I love Judas Priest, but they really don't have a band with anyone that used to be in it anymore. Mm. Um, and then I'm mainly like, Oh, yeah, nah, I'm past. <laughs> yeah, with actually, funny you mentioned Judas Priest. Now, some people consider them, because they haven't got any original members, even though um, some of their members now are very much prolific as the band themselves. Would you consider them still Judas Priest, or do you think they need to retire the mantle eventually? Or? That's a real toughie for me. Yeah. I love Priest. And part of me, when, when KK left, because they'd had that solid four for so long. Yeah. When KK left, I was like, oh, how's this going to go? Then I saw him live, mm. and the new guy looks just like KK did 20 years ago. Oh, and it's cool. like he's, it's like watching bloody, you know, um, old school DVD of him. But wow. now that now that now that um, Glenn's gone as well, I just can't see how how it is, Priest. But what did you think of the new album, Pat? New album's great. Yeah, yeah it wasn't bad, was it? it was yeah, freaking awesome. Yeah. It was yeah, I know, because it was so like, just in case, you know, how he hears you, you might be like, oh, don't swear, it's not nice. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. the only album of Priest that I think is a bit boring is Point of Entry. I reckon every other one's awesome. It's pretty much on point, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. They're doing well pretty well, like you said. They're not quite like Metallica money, but they'll be doing pretty well money, surely, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I saw yesterday KK Downing's gone bankrupt. Unfortunately, he's selling Get all his. You can if so. If you want to buy the right a quarter of the rights to Judas Priest songs, they are available on the market. Wow, how much are they fetching for? Do you know? I don't know. I think they said they earn about five hundred thousand a year, though. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. Because he's uh, his endeavour into owning a golf course has uh, not worked Didn't out. Didn't work out yeah. for him. Oh man, must be the water. That was a quick. <laughs> like it was a pretty quick decline, wasn't it? Where's he got his uh, place in Australia? The golf course? I mean, no, it's in the it's in the Midlands, not far from where he was born. Ah, well, there you go. Well, because the, mi- the Midlands and exclusive golfing holidays go hand in hand. All oh, right, and we, when you think of golfing holidays, you think Midlands, right? Yeah, <laughs> poor bloke. Um, I've got a interesting now point with your band because uh, style, because I can't really put. A finger on what exactly it is, right? But neither, a lot of, neither can I. Yeah, but here's the thing: there's been monikers that have come out now to try to get us to understand what genres people are now. We've had new metal in the '90s to establish what two chords are being played together are. We've had Gent to explain what seventeen chords played together are, um, and now we have your band's Shatterbrain. Do you think you can sum it up with a three catchy phrase word for that guys at Nuclear Blaster Market? Or is it just, it's metal and fuck off? Hair dryer metal. <laughs> I don't have hair. <laughs> Pat liked that one for the record. That's good. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, we've got some shows coming up that'll be announced shortly and the promoter of the show is calling us Crossover Thrash. 
I hear a bit of that. I really do hear a bit of that in bits like in discard and things like that. I do. We definitely have those elements, but we still have that, like you were saying before, that stoner rock sludgy yeah. element to it as well. Um, I mean, I think the the bands, other than the ones we talked about, Quell Attack, Black Breath, High and Fire, I think um, Power Trip, Great Band, Ga- Gate Creeper, um, and Crowbar are probably the three other really, uh, maybe probably Lamb of God as well. Biggest sort of influences. Yeah, I can hear about Lamb of God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because look, Crowbar and Lamb of God bands have a really distinct sound, mm. and we have bits of that, but it's not start to finish that. No, exactly. Nah, it's not. And it's sort of the you know, because I've got a couple of there's a riff in Invisible War that to me lives on a Crowbar album somewhere, mm. but you can't say it's the the song sounds like Crowbar because yeah. it doesn't. Or that right. that riff really sounds like a a specific Crowbar riff. It's just mm. it's just got that. Vibe about yeah, it. So if a fan it. comes up and says, "No, nah, it's Stoner Rock," and the other best friend next to him says, "No, nah, it's not. It's like fucking whatever, like sludge metal." You guys aren't gonna be offended then. No, I don't care. We don't nah. care, and that's the point of the point of this band. Is, you know, we're not of. The, we don't want to just. We don't want to re. We don't want to imitate. We don't want to. Yeah. Just do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think probably that's gonna be partially to our detriment because it seems like the bands that just. Uh, what's, the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Just there's um, that catchy sexiness to it. When it's well, no, like there's, a, there's a formula. There's you know, there's people that like a certain style of music, and you yeah. know, a lot of the sort of deathcore fans, they'll you just play a thing and they'll like it regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think in terms of longevity and um, in you know, in the long run, trends come and go, but good music will hopefully yeah. stand mm. the test of time and. Do something original and you can be proud of it and mm. people will either like it or not and mm. hopefully they do. And yeah. if they do like it, if you're doing something original, they have to come to you to get it. That's right. So I'd say I'd say to answer your question, maybe sludgy crossover. Sludgy crossover. Yeah. That sounds actually pretty cool. I can run with that, yeah. Because uh, like you said, when you said thrash, it it is an element, but for me, uh, if the promoter was in the room, I'd be like, are you doing that more as a thing because I'm like nah I don't really hear that as much yeah I mean know? if you put us next to Slayer yeah um, yeah I think if you, if, you, if you sold us to a promoter as a thrash band you've potential for disappointment yeah like a fan there wearing like instead of Slayer or Megadeth shirt would be like uh, yeah. fucking I've been sold like not that it's bad but like what the fuck like yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. you so. die out like we're gonna get bottled at a Slayer concert yeah exactly so. they're like oh, this is thrash you know there's a leader yeah. there who sliced their wrists yeah. into the fucking pentagram or whatever <laughs> they're gonna be awfully disappointed yeah <laughs> Um, last kind of funny kind of question for the day is the whole rock and roll thing is dying. Some people worry that the guitar might not even be here in 20 years, right? Yeah, what retard said that? I remember uh, that. There's a couple of them. <laughs> no, someone it's, famous said, I, I remember hearing... Um, was it Rob Flynn? No. That's the type of thing he would yeah, say, but it wasn't let's say, him. Let's say Rob Flynn's like that, the guitar's out. I think what's more what they're trying to get at is that they've seen that for the first time in 20-something years... Metal and hard rock and all that, and rock and roll itself is taking a backseat to R and B. Now, some people are saying bullshit like, "Oh, they're just allowed to say what they want; they're getting more popularity from it, or whatever." Some people are saying it's a fad, like, like I think you were talking about fads coming and going, and maybe this is just a way of kids going. You know what? I'd rather rebel listening to Nicki Minaj than listening to Slayer. Though those kids are wrong. Do you think that? <laughs> do you think there is just a fad going on, or do you feel like right now metal and rock are gonna need to come up with something a little bit more? different in order to get back into the hearts and minds of those kids or in the scene i think the underground sort of thing always stays the same and it's just the fad that 
superimposes itself above it. Yeah. So it's like the swing voter. It's kind of like yeah, a swing it, fan, like a swing musician. Yes, band, very you know? much. Good analogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think you know a lot of people were saying that thrash metal, you know, or died in the in the nineties, the late nineties or whatever. But I think you'll find that there's some pretty amazing thrash metal albums yeah. from that time period. It's just that the, the biggest thrash bands weren't the biggest bands in the world anymore. So um, the underground stays the same. You know, those core fans that will facilitate, you know, bands for, from touring the world, you know, yeah. will still be there. But yeah. it's that whether you can go and buy a yacht or whether you have to, you know, yeah. keep renting your house the rest of your life. Whether you're business class or economy class. Yeah, that's What's well, the thing? Because Neo Obscurus now are swearing by a Patreon and that having a kind of membership almost now. To, so the, the, although the scene's changed, they're still away from metalheads to still get make a make a buck out of this. Maybe this has changed now and people will need to adapt to that maybe. Who knows? Yeah, that Patreon, that's a, I, I'm conflicted about that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to feel. Um, oh, our band's the same because it's kind of like, oh, can you provide that to the fans possibly? Is this a gimmick or is it like a membership? But then... Exactly. I mean, you know, you know I pay 300 bucks a year to, to go to port games and and support the club and, and, and you know, I get benefits because of that. Yeah. Why doesn't that... Why can't the same, you know, logic apply to a band yeah. that is... Also, you know, releasing product and I don't know. You got to be Yeah, well, that, that, that's it? right. You have a membership and anything they put out, you get sent one or... Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, they're given free... I mean, to some degree, you can ask for a certain money and they get a free ticket or maybe they can be a fly on the wall for a business meeting or the new album or whatever. Yeah. So it's up to, I guess it's up to the fans, but it's just, like you said, it's an interesting point. At the end of the day, if you want to make money... The heavy metal band's probably not the smartest yep. thing to go. It's not. And if you're going to do it, touring pretty much is your best bet, I would say. I mean... Yeah, exactly. You not you can't exactly be in your living room recording albums, sending them out and hopefully to make the money oh, yeah, out of that, right? That's, not, uh, not that's, I mean, you can't download a t-shirt. So you can sell right. people t-shirts. You can... Yeah. And nothing about cross-band going into other states and doing that is probably yeah. the best thing to do on it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, why you guys are here as well. Is this gig? We got this announcement Ooh, about yeah. Sap with 2nd of June, which is actually falls between the Super Metal Brothers' birthday. I'm actually the third, Danny's the first. Oh, okay. So well. maybe we can do a Super Metal Brothers weekend there as oh, well. I'll, yeah. I'll get my friend there and <laughs> we can get drunk and listen to some metal. Yeah, fuck yeah. Now, we got the you boys playing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Blood Covered Shovel, Born to Dust, and Buy Me. So, uh, Blood Covered Shovel and Born to Dust, I know very much, but Buy Me, not so much. Uh, what made you get these boys together for such a big show? They're an excellent band. Yeah. They yep. are an excellent band. Biome? Yeah. Yeah, the great band. Um, known Joanna, the, the vocalist, for years. Yep. Um, and actually, she's fr- she's fr- a Strath girl. Um, Strath Alban represent. Ah. I think she's from Strath. She's from the hills, anyway. All right. She used to hang out at Strath Alban. That's when I met her. Um, and yeah, who knew she had a brutal voice? Yeah. She fucking does. Um, they blew me away at, at, um, at uh, Heavy SA. They were on, weren't they? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, I think so. they were first. They were opened, yeah. Second. Yep, that's um, right. But yeah, they were incredible. Um, and she's she's an army chick, isn't she? They're from the they're yeah. army thing as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, she's been doing, uh, I think, lessons with Mitch. The bass player's my doppelganger. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So you got to clean out there. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's good. Interchangeable bass players. No, he, he's a lot better than I am. Yeah, he is, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we were, and Varun, good friend, um, good friend of mine. Um, so yeah, for instance, they, they, cool. they do a very interesting because they have the sort of weird bits in between yep. the metal bits, and it's it's really cool. Yeah, yep. it's a nice breakup, I think, and uh, yep. 
and you know they've got the heaviest of heavy sections, and then they've got those these weird little jazz style interludes yeah. that works in their favour. Yeah. yeah, and and you know it's cool, it's interesting. It, it's uh, it's not your just you know traditional style metal. So yep. when we were thinking of bands to put on, they they were sort of one of the first ones to come up. Yeah, um, we had Acid Wolf on the on the gig, but I think Paige is getting hemorrhoids treated. Oh. <laughs> Full on. Night. Oh, I don't know. He doesn't seem to want them treated. No, so. That's true. No, that's true. <laughs> so he's got hemorrhoids. He doesn't say, that's it. He yeah. might be getting, getting some more transplanted in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need all the hemorrhoids. I think, I think that might be why yeah, he has to get some additional. Because the thing is with the public health service, if you've got a, because it's elective surgery, yeah. if you've got an opening, you've got to grab it because it'll be like three or four years before we can get that's in again. Right. So yeah. he needs the extra hemorrhoids in. Yeah. So unfortunately, they've had to pull out. <laughs> uh, sorry, Paige. Paige is a good friend of ours, but um, yeah, unfortunately. Well, was. I'm not sure. He <laughs> Until you transform into one giant hemorrhoid and it comes through the front door. <laughs> oh, um, no, they, they had they had to pull out for for personal reasons, unfortunately. Yep. So, but we. Um, well, that's interesting because I saw on the internet someone else was saying he was a hemorrhoid recently too. But anyway, go on. <laughs> so we had Born of Dust replace them. They're good friends of ours as well. We played yeah, great our guys. second ever gig with them oh, in good, Port Augusta. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, great band, great dudes. Um, that, you know, so we're lucky to have them sort of as the substitute to, to, uh, to come straight in. And then... Don't need any hemorrhoid surgery either. So no, we've got, oh, that's a bonus. So we've got right. good confidence in them yet. Not that's that we good. know of anyway. Um, <laughs> and then Blood Covered Shovel... Uh, I think you need it. You need your dose of brutal from time to time. So yeah, they are just straight up like yeah, blood cover shovel. Like listen, that's how you feel after listening to them. You know, your blood on the shovel, yeah, mate. Exactly. Um, now that's yeah, I've had issues with blood on shovel. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Now there's 17 McGowan Street Paraka for anyone else that's listening out there. You guys opening it up around seven o'clock? You reckon? Yeah, doors at seven. First band, I think around seven thirty. Perfect. Um, we'll have a barbecue going on. We got a bit of a Ooh. fundraiser. Ooh, yeah. happening, which will be announced in due time that's um, nice and well people get hungry so yeah it's yeah, it, yeah you know exactly. when you're at a you know there's not enough sausages at a metal fest so um yeah so we're putting them on um and there'll be cheap beers good tickets 12 bucks through bands so uh and we've got a shirt slash ticket combo going on our band camp at the moment so if you want a cheap shirt Ooh. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. i think it works out about 13 bucks for for a shadowbrain shirt which is you know, can't get the materials for that price. Nah, no, that's right. That's yeah, good. Well done, boys. So, well, maybe if you get the Bangladeshi stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, hit up any of the bands, and then it's fifteen bucks on the door on the night if you if you can't commit now. But uh, super cool. Should be a fucking sick night. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it indeed. And here, else you guys want to talk about before we uh, head off the show tonight? Um, we've got another show in July, late July, playing with um, Panic with a K. From Wollongong, the oh. um, gong at uh, the Egg Castle, so that should be a good night. Nice. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. That I guess we end of our show. I guess we got to thank Ryan David and Patrick Callahan for the tonight. Thank you guys. Th- for thank it. you very much for having us on. No, nah, it's been a pleasure, Cheers. guys. We locked it in today. Um, make sure to check you guys out on now Facebook's the best one. Yeah, we've got a website, shadowbrainmetal.com um, or facebook.com, shadowbrainmetal. Shadow and we've got like the young people social media as well. Yeah, yeah Pat yeah. manages that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, thanks boys for being on the show. really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, for that, check them out and uh, catch you guys later. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, Super Metal Bros. <laughs>